0: Hey guys, welcome to season two, episode six of Business Shit. I am your host, Mimi G, and today's topic is dealing with anxiety. Girl, just breathe. Now, I'm talking about this topic because this also was a question that was sent to me. It was actually more of an email sharing an experience, but in it, she asked um, if I had ever dealt with anxiety and if so, what I do to manage it. And I thought that was a really good um, question turned into podcast episode, (laughs) because I know that a lot of people deal with anxiety, um, obviously in in many different levels. Um, And I think that people sometimes can get the perception of people who are successful or people that they see who are successful online or on social media. Um, like they couldn't possibly be dealing with anxiety or depression or any of these things. And so that's why I try to be as open and honest in my podcast as possible. Episode 10 specifically, where I do the ugly cry on camera, um, talking about my experience uh, growing up and and sort of some of the abuses that happened. And um, because I don't, because a lot of people don't really um, understand that being successful doesn't mean that you haven't had hardships or that things haven't happened or that are currently still happening. So I wanted to talk about that because when she specifically asked if I had ever suffered from anxiety, I immediately went back to that time in my life and um, and it was ugly. It was really scary and it was ugly. And so I wanted to share a bit about that because um, I always think that if I, always, if I feel like I have to share something, it's because... I'm hoping that somebody needs to hear it and that it will help somebody. And so um, I'm going to talk a little bit about how um, I was experiencing it, why I thought I was experiencing it, and then what I did to try and um, best work through my anxiety um, and then share some things that helped me that maybe can help you. So um, I touched on this a little bit in last week's episode when I talked about, you know, when I first started early on, I mean, I did my first blog, technically, my first blog, I think was in 2008. I think the name was like Domestic Haven or some something goofy like that. And then I did another one called, man, I, I don't even remember. My true heart, my, like my diehard fans, I know y'all remember. So message me. I can't remember the names of them, but there were two specifically that I... I think I posted like once a year. It was like, I didn't understand what blogging was then. So, um, when I talk about Mimi G style, I talk about Mimi G style 2012 when I took one blogging seriously and two made Mimi G style a business. Um, so that's what I'm referring to. When I started Mimi G style, um, it happened really quickly. Like that growth happened super fast by most people's standards. Okay. Um, And what happened is that because I sort of became popular uh, really fast, I had a lot of eyes on me and I didn't always have time to catch up to what was happening. And honestly, I didn't understand it because I didn't I didn't want to understand fully what it meant to put my life on on, you know, on public like that and then social media was sort of just sort of happening for me and then I did it and then it sort of took off and and then I had all these eyes watching me and I'm trying to grow my business and I'm trying to produce content and I'm trying to at the time, you know, raise my kids and and be married and and that it was a lot it was a lot and you know, I didn't always deal with it because I don't think I always knew how to deal with it um but so that happened, right? And that, that was causing already a bit of anxiety for me, things that I wasn't um, prepared for. Um, and then And then I went through a divorce and the divorce happened publicly, right? And when things like that happen, whether you're the one who initiates the divorce or not, you can sometimes deal with feeling like a failure, right? So I was dealing with feeling like I had failed my family, I had failed my... My kids, I had failed my mom, I had failed my fans who were watching, who knew my family. I was feeling like, oh no, people are going to be wondering, people are going to be gossiping. I mean, they created f- fucking forums to talk about m- my life. Like, you know, listen. If you don't have a chat group or a forum about your life that talks mad smack about what you're doing when they have no idea about your life, you ain't made it yet, okay? Let me just say. So that was that was a good thing where I was like, oh, I'd have made it now. But all jokes aside, you know, I was afraid that people were going to, you know, be talking. And what were they gonna think? And asking dumb questions that should not be posted publicly and it caused a whole lot to happen in a really short amount of time and while all of those things were happening you know my business kept growing and then you know and then I was in a good place you know I was I was you know not divorced but me and the kids were good and we had you know we still have a very uh, friendly relationship their father and me there's no drama we don't have any of that stuff um my you know my life was continuing i was getting all these amazing opportunities um, my business was growing even faster than I had anticipated. The Soit Academy was doing great. Norris and I were doing great. Our our relationship was growing. Like all these things by anybody anybody's standards were great. And when people would look at me, and even when I was looking, right, people would say, well, maybe you're just stressed. And I'd be like, no, but what am I stressed about? I'm, you know, life is good. I have a new house. I, I, you know, I'm successful. I'm not financially strained or worried. I'm I'm financially, you know, set. You know, it, it's, well, not set the way I want, but you know, I was good. <laughs> um, you know, my relationship was good. Me and Nora's were good. The kids were happy. Everybody's happy. Everything's great. Everything looks fantastic. And and I was finding myself having panic attacks. And this is the weirdest thing, is that you would expect that all of these things would have happened when I was going through all this turmoil, right? When my life was like up and down and all this drama and divorce and the business and all these things were happening. And you would think that that would be the time where you would feel this anxiety or you would feel the depression or you would feel whatever it is that you're supposed to feel. But I didn't. I didn't. It actually it actually appeared when I was what I thought was happy, which was even which was even weirder. Right. Because I have no complaints. And and I kept thinking, I don't understand what's happening. So let me give you um, a brief uh, look at what I would feel. So it would be a completely normal day nothing's happened. (laughs) Everything's good. I'm laughing. We're having a fantastic time. We start driving up closer to the house and I start to, my chest starts to feel like it's collapsing. Like I got, I would get this tightening in my chest. I could, I was like, I couldn't breathe. And, and then I would start to feel panic. And then I would start to cry. And I, not just like cry, like tear, you know, just like a cute tears, like, cry and I, my hands would shake and I would feel like, like I I didn't know, like my body, like I had no control over my body and it would be the weirdest thing to feel like I could not pinpoint what was wrong. Right. And this had happened in private for a long time. It had been going on and off probably about a year and I hadn't said anything. Um, and I would like go take a shower and I would burst into tears. I would be making dinner and immediately feel like I needed to cry. So I would go into the bathroom or somewhere and I didn't understand what was happening. And then one day Norris and I were driving home, I think from a movie or something. And I tried as best as I could to stop. I could feel it. Right. When you're having a fear or you're having anxiety or sometimes, you feel it somewhere first in your body, right? Mel Robbins talks about this in one of her books. I don't remember which book it was, but I'll try and find it. She talks about where you start to feel it somewhere. It, and if you can pinpoint where where it's starting, you can help to control the fear. This is She's referring more to dealing with fear and in, in, in moving forward, not so much in the anxiety depression realm, but... That's what I was trying to do, right? So we're in the car and Norris is driving and I'm feeling this and I'm like, okay, just hold on long enough to get home and then you can break the hell down in the bathroom. And I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it, you guys. I was sitting in the car and all of a sudden I start breathing heavy and my chest starts to feel like it's like tightening and I start to cry. And we're sitting there and Nora's is like, I don't know, like what's happening. <laughs> He's like, Are you okay? Like, what's happening? We're sitting in the in the garage. We parked and we're sitting in the garage and I'm crying. And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong. Like, I don't know what's wrong, babe. I feel like I I'm having anxiety and I'm having panic attacks and I and I don't know what's happening. And I and I think I need to talk to somebody. And what happened for me was you know the thought of, I had. I have been in and out of therapy many times in my life. Okay, <laughs> many many times in my life. I don't know that I fully took advantage of when I was in therapy earlier on um, because I think I still personally had this stigma about therapy you know in a lot of like latin uh families or even um in african-american families if it's like oh well, you don't go talk to a therapist you don't tell your business to other people like that's not something you do you just keep it to yourself and you you know so i think i still had some of that in me and so i didn't really i think take advantage of when i was in therapy earlier on um which probably you know led to uh, the breakdown but what was hard for me was not being able to um, figure out what was wrong. And then still having to have this like, you know, persona in front of the camera and, you know, in front of you guys, in front of my kids, um, you know, that everything is good. But on the inside, I felt like this is not good. Like I can't complain about work or business or money or my relationship or my children something else is going on and I can't figure out what it is. And I've never, I've never seriously considered um, killing myself. And I'm going to talk about this because I think it's important. I've never, ever thought I am going to kill myself. This is, this is what I'm going to do in any kind of serious way. But I would be lying if I didn't say that, when it got at its worst, when I was having these panic attacks and going through anxiety, that I didn't think to myself, I'd rather be dead. Like I, I, I think dying and it would would make it easier, would end this, and it would be easier than dealing with what I was feeling inside. And I know that talking about it and saying that I couldn't breathe and my chest felt like it was collapsing and tightening, and that I was crying uncontrollably, and it in saying all of that and giving you all of the symptoms that I was having, I cannot put into, into real words how almost devastated I felt on the inside, how helpless I felt on the inside that I would for a minute say, oh my God, I, th- I would rather die. I think that dying would be easier than dealing with this and that. Let me tell you, was when I was like, I need to go talk to somebody. So initially, what I did was I did Talkspace and I did what's the name, BetterHelp. Two reasons: one, it's cost effective. If you don't know what Talkspace is or BetterHelp, and this is not in any way an ad because I don't, I don't have any kind of uh, connection to them outside of that I used them and paid my own money. <laughs> um, it's cost effective. It was helpful. Um, it was fast, right? Literally, I could sign up. And if you don't know what it is, it's basically like online therapy. You could do it via phone, text message, or email. Um, and you get a qualified therapist or psychologist, whatever. I, I can't be exact because I'm not, I'm not sure. But um, a qualified person <laughs> talks you through whatever it is that you're feeling. Um, and I did it. I did it for a couple of months because one, I was afraid to be in front of somebody. And I think that this is why a lot of people might be um, hesitant to see a therapist because you feel like you're going to sit in front of somebody that you don't know and talk about your business and share things about yourself that you're afraid people are going to judge you for, and you don't know this person. And that's what I was afraid of. And I was afraid that I, would go, I was gonna go sit in front of this person, and that I was going to get judged about what I was saying and how I was feeling. And so to avoid that, I thought, oh, well, I could do this online therapy, <laughs> right? <laughs> I could use whatever name I want. it would be anonymous for all they care. And have somebody help me sort of deal with this and, and, and it, and it's cost effective more, you know, a, a bit more uh, cost effective than, you know, hiring a therapist that you pay by the hour. And, and I did it and it worked for a little while. It really did being able to sort of, whenever I was feeling away, right, you know, text or message and say, Hey, this is how I'm feeling. And they would sort of help walk me through it. And, and then I felt good for a little while. And I thought, oh, I'm good, you know? And a girlfriend of mine came over to the house and we were talking and she mentioned her therapist. And I said, you know, and this is right after I had gotten back from Chicago. So if you didn't listen to episode 10, go listen to episode 10. You'll know why uh, this came about after my trip to Chicago. And I was sitting there and I, she mentioned about her therapist and how great it was. And I said, you know what? I I think I might want to talk to somebody. Do you mind sharing? You know, so I asked for a recommendation. She gave me her, her name and her number and you know honestly I avoided it. I really did. I just avoided it because um I don't know I think I was just afraid, afraid to do it. And so I thought, you know what? I don't need I don't need a therapist. I'm good. But I had already told Norris that I was going to make an appointment, so of course he was asking, you know, hey babe, did you make, you know, did you make your appointment? I, you know. So I was like, yeah, let me make my appointment. So I did. I made my appointment. The day of my appointment, let me tell you, I almost canceled about 2,200 times, okay? I woke up that morning like, I don't need her. She ain't going to help me. I'm fine. I don't need nothing. I just, I'll just keep breathing. I'll do these exercises. I'm going to go for a run. <laughs> like I tried to talk myself out of it the entire day. On the way to the damn appointment, I was about to cancel. I was going to call her and be like, I can't make it. You know, something came up. I parked. I was still thinking about how I could get out of this. I'm going up the fucking elevator and I'm still thinking like, I don't need this lady. I'm fine. You know, by the time I got into her office, I felt so composed, you guys. I felt like I was like, I'm just going to go sit talk to this lady and then tell her I don't need her services anymore and then go home. I walked inside. She said, hi, my name is Nicole. I sat down on the couch and I broke <laughs> the fuck down. When I tell you guys that I don't even think I told her my name, I sat on the couch and I was like, man, <laughs> like full on snot. Like it was ugly. And it took, I don't know, I man, it must've been like, 10, 15 minutes before I was able to like calm down, to breathe, to actually even talk with her because it was, it was, I don't, I don't even know. I don't know if when I got there, it just all released in my body and, um, and I felt safe. I don't know what it was, but let me tell you, I went, you know, I went to her faithfully every week after that (laughs) and it was Man, I don't even... It was eye-opening. It was liberating. it, It was... I don't even know. Like... I really felt like there was nothing this lady could tell me that was going to help me that I hadn't already either read or heard or got from a Super Soul Sunday conversation with Oprah. Like, I really didn't feel like she was going to uncover something, right? You don't ever think somebody's going to uncover something about you that you... Who knows you better than you? You, right? When I tell you that she opened me up like a damn onion, she was like, boop, boop, there's peel. Let me see, like... Man, it was wild. It was really wild, and it helped me understand so many things. So I'm not gonna tell y'all the details of my business, but I will tell you what it helped me. What there are things that I had to understand about myself that helped me. The first one was that I needed to learn how to be present, um, how to be where I was, and not where the anxiety was trying to take me. Right. So. You have just a couple seconds, and I mean just a couple seconds, when your anxiety first hits, and obviously this isn't for everybody. I mean, this is obviously, if you're going through something similar to me, or this is how it happened for me, I have just a couple seconds where I would have time to talk myself off the ledge, right? Like, Mimi, be present. Presently, nothing is happening. Presently, everything is good. Presently, there is nothing that you can do to change whatever circumstance it is that you're about to flip the hell out about. So relax. I literally had seconds. And if I didn't catch it and I wasn't able to do that and I wasn't present, I would go where the anxiety wanted to take me. And the anxiety, y'all, would take me to ugly places. Because once that would hit, it was like a downwards. It was just one thing after another, like it's bad. I'm going to fail my business. I'm not going to make no more money. Everybody's going to stop following me. I'm not going to be good. Like it was awful. So the first thing I learned was how to be present. And whenever I would start to feel anxious or sad or depressed or whatever, I would just be present in whatever was happening around me at the moment. And that would sort of help to calm me. The other thing was that I needed to learn to surrender. And what I mean is that I, when there were feelings that were coming in, right, that I could acknowledge, negative self-talk, things that were about to take me down an ugly path, I would acknowledge them. Okay, this is why I'm feeling this way. Can I change it? No. Can I fix? do something to fix it? If I can, what do you do to fix it? Do the thing that it, that you can do to fix it and then acknowledge whatever you're feeling and let it go. That was a big one because when something would come, I'd be like, okay, this is what I'm feeling. Let me acknowledge. I acknowledge the feeling. I'm acknowledging you. Okay. I acknowledge you. Now go away. Then I needed to recognize that I'm a very black and white person. Yo, when she told me that I was like, like, like the gates of heaven open and birds came out flying and singing. And it was like, oh, When she said you're a black and white person, I was like, oh my God, I am. (laughs) And what? obviously she elaborated, but basically I am all or nothing, right? Uh, For example, if I am about to start a new healthy, get well fitness plan, I have to do every little thing. Or I'm not going to do nothing, right? I either on the same day have to start the workout, the eating, the supplements, the vitamins, the this, the that, the other thing, all at the same time, or I won't do any of it. Some people are like, "Well, Mimi, you should just start with eating eating right the first week or two, and then incorporate fitness." And then, inc-. and I and I couldn't. It was the same thing in business. It was the same thing in relationships. It was the same thing in everything, right? I need you to give me all of this, or I want none of it. I need to do all of this for this business, or I'm not going to do any of it. And that was something that I needed to learn to let go and be happy in that little gray space. I needed to be like, it's okay if not everything is in order. It's okay that only one or two things are in order, and live in this little gray area until you can jump over to the next. And that was really hard for me. But for whatever reason, her saying it to me, her verbalizing it to me and saying you are very black and white and you and and for you it's either all or nothing and we need to learn how to be okay with that middle area and that was mind blowing to me. Then I needed to acknowledge all that I was feeling. And but I needed to acknowledge the fact that I was feeling something and then let go of it. But what came with that was my f- having this need for certainty. So I don't like having anything sort of up in the air, right? I need closure. I need I need things to be final. Um, I need to know for certain that this is going to happen or not happen. And when things are up in the air, it drives me crazy. And here's a silly example, but when we first move into our house, Norris knows that I have to have everything unpacked as soon as we get into the new house. Everything needs to go in its place. Everything needs to be organized. I need everything to get. So for the next three or four days, we're not doing shit. We're not doing nothing but getting this house in order because my that's how my brain works, right? If it's not settled, then things are not going to go well. And if things aren't going well, then this is going to be out of time and we're going to be behind on this. And I freak myself out. And I needed to understand that surrendering meant that I needed to be okay with things not being certain, things not being finalized, things being up in the air sometimes. and the world ain't gonna end, girlfriend, just breathe and keep moving. Here are some of the things that sort of helped me. Um, some of these were her um, suggestions <laughs> for me um, because you know, having this fear of things of failing, because I carry a lot of responsibility, right? Um, responsibility for my family, for our financial well-being, for whatever. Um, having this need for certainty, having this need to to control everything around me, um, having this, you know, it's all or nothing thing. All of these things were causing me to have anxiety and feel depressed and uncertain and fearful and all of these really ugly emotions that were hindering me from moving forward. And I was like caught in this really ugly space and I couldn't tell anybody. And I probably could have, honestly, guys, I probably could have. I know for sure I could have told Norris, I could tell Norris anything, but I was afraid of even doing that. Because it would show weakness or it would tell people that, oh, she does not have it all together. Oh, here she is all together. And over here, she's a basket case. And, and I was afraid for those two things to see each other, right? Now I don't care. I mean, it's, I'm mean, i a basket case sometimes and sometimes I'm good and, and that's what it is. Um, and some of these things I just figured out sort of by doing them. So if you find yourself at all in any of these sort of uh, areas... Um, I'm going to give you your actionable to do first. Then I'll talk about these things. Because I want to say this is a really serious matter. And I know that I joke and I, you know, um, because I'm talking about my own life. And I laugh at shit all the time. I laugh probably at shit that I probably shouldn't laugh about. I have that inappropriate humor. I know this about me. Um, But I laugh at my life because. I mean, things happen and we're not the only people in the world going through whatever it is that you feel that you're going through by yourself at the moment. So let me just say this. This is a really serious matter. And what I talked about today is my story and how I dealt with my anxiety and my depression and things that helped me. But please, if you are dealing with anxiety or depression, please talk to somebody. This is not ever something to be taken lightly. Okay. Now these are things that help me. And maybe if you're going through, uh, some variation of any of what I've talked to today, maybe this can help you. The first thing was I needed to take a timeout. You know, like when your kid does something, you'd be like, you're on a timeout. I needed to give myself a timeout. Okay. I timed myself out. Um, And either, you know, listen to music or I would um, schedule a massage. That was always a good one for me. I learned um, relaxation techniques, so how to breathe. That was really helpful. I would put on like a really positive podcast or book or something to help change my frame of mind. Um, And then I would try to step back from whatever the problem was just so I could clear my head. Um, And then, like I said earlier, I would acknowledge Okay, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling it? Even if I had to say it out loud. And then once I acknowledge it, I could let it go. Uh, I started exercising. That really helped. Even just going for walks in the morning, I would walk like three or four miles. And that alone would just clear my head. Um, running, I hate running. But I let me tell you, if you need to clear your head, running is great. You get on the treadmill, you just walk, run for however long you need to or can. Um, And it just really helped um, exercise in whatever form you're doing it, whether maybe it's just dancing, maybe just turn the radio on and start dancing. It releases endorphins. Um, There's so many things that you could do. Um, Take a deep breath, inhale and exhale slowly. I know that these things sound really like basic, right? But have you done them? Have you tried them? You know? um, learning to breathe properly. I started meditating, listening to these apps. I have that Calm app and Breathe app. It's B-R-E-E-T-H. Um, and those really helped me because during that time I couldn't sleep. I was literally like just up all the time at night. It took me so long because my brain would just be in this panic mode and, and it was really scary. So those apps helped me so much. And then I would count to 10 slowly. And if the breathing didn't help, I would go in and I would count. Counting is so good. Counting helped me fall asleep <laughs> most, most nights listening to the apps, but also it helps to reset your mind. So if you need to go into a quiet place, count to 10 and then repeat. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, 9, 10. Obviously, do it slowly. Repeat. And if you need to count to 100, count to 100. Sometimes I was counting. <laughs> I was counting to 100 <laughs> before I could calm myself down. But these are all things that did help. Um, obviously, talking to somebody, uh, whether you you know do it online, like I first initially, maybe it would work for you. Maybe you don't feel the need to speak to somebody in person. At a certain point, I did feel that I needed to talk to somebody in person, which is why I took that second step. Um, maybe it's a friend, maybe it's your mom, maybe it's your sister, or your, I don't know, somebody, but you should share how you're feeling. Now, anxiety and procrastination go hand in hand. And it's because a lot of times anxiety comes from worrying about future things, right? Future events, things that, that you think are going to happen. So for me, when I would start to feel um, anxious about something because I was procrastinating, then I would just start to do the thing that I'm worrying about. And even if I wasn't fully ready to, to do it, I would just start because if, if there's something that you're, not, that you're putting off, it's because you're afraid of it, right? You don't want to do it for whatever reason. And if you're putting it off, you're procrastinating. And procrastinating is giving you anxiety. And if it's giving you anxiety, then the best thing to do is to start. So whatever it is that you're procrastinating about, if it's giving you anxiety, just find something that you can start doing in that whatever it is task that you need to do and then start to do it. And then honestly, for things that you don't have any control over, like you're, why are you worrying about it? If I cannot change it, if I cannot fix it then I needed to stop worrying about it. And then for things that I could control, like my time, my work ethic, my to-do list, those things I could control, those things I would start to do and I would keep myself busy. Above all else, I had to move and I had to keep myself busy whenever I started to feel like that sort of feeling was gonna overtake me. All right, guys, you guys know that I have an email segment. If you have a question or something you want me uh, to talk about or to cover, please email us at businessshit at gmail.com. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Please remember that in order for your business to succeed, it has to be the shit it needs to solve a problem, help them get past their current stage, earn respect and build trust. I'm out.